Welcome to Life Happens, where Texans come to protect their legacy and prepare for the second half of life. Join your host, Attorney Kim Hegwood with Hegwood Law Group and our weekly guest as we navigate the challenges that emerge as life happens. Now here's your host, Kim Hegwood. Good morning and to Life Happens with Kim Hegwood. Today, I'd like to welcome back one of our great guests, Laura Wayman, uh, more commonly known as the Dementia Whisperer. <laughs> and so, uh, but today we're gonna talk about caregiving. And so, um, you know, and caregiving is one of those things where um, caregivers are the hardest ones, I think, to talk to, you know, as far as getting them to do the things that they need to do. And so, so, we're going to walk through some different things on on managing the guilt that comes from caregiving because I know I I felt guilt um, when I was a caregiver because I needed to be someplace else other than with my grandparents you know so sometimes it kind of you know definitely comes into play and so let's talk about uh, I think the first one you uh, talk about is the that other caregivers are doing a better job. Uh, that's not one I've heard. So walk me through that one, because that's not normally one I hear from from most of the caregivers that we meet on a daily basis. Well, often what I hear is that they they're looking at other people. Maybe they joined a support group, and um, in that support group, they're hearing a lot of positive things from other caregivers along with the negative things. And because everybody goes into this caregiving role um, as, as a um, volunteer uh, that they didn't realize they were raising their hand to do. And so it's new to them. And so they're hearing from other people maybe that have been in this role for a longer amount of time and they've had some experiences and learned from them. Maybe they're coming in as a new caregiver. And so they're saying, wow, they, they've got this handle. Um, so a lot of times um, I hear from them that, well, so-and-so made this decision and it worked for them, but I'm just not ready to make that decision yet. And so maybe I'm not as good a caregiver as they are, or maybe they have challenges that they're not hearing are similar from other caregivers because everybody's dementia journey is so different. So a lot of times I hear them say, you know, well, this person, Susie seems to be um, happy and doing a good job. And I seem to be in this depression and um, feelings of that I'm not doing as good a job and not managing this as well. And so I want everyone to know that every dementia journey is different. Yeah. Everyone's and I learn something new every day, Kim, from people that are having different challenges that I've not heard of before. So we all have to kind of put our heads together and work together on in a customized way to help them become dementia aware, to understand that dementia is such a um, individualized journey. And so, um, you know, don't look at someone else. You can learn from them and say, if this happens to me in this way, I've got some great tools, but I also have to be fluid and flexible and find my own tools and be proud of the fact that I am doing that as a caregiver. And um, that's good advice there. And, um, and so we also find that we have clients that maybe didn't have a good relationship with their parents before a diagnosis. 
And so you see a lot of different, um, you see a lot of, you see those kids um, sometimes kind of swing back and forth because they don't have any idea about, you know, what to do. And, and, um, and, you know, and they do have that, you know, that feeling of guilt that, you know, I probably should have been better to mom or dad during that time. How do you walk through those particular caregivers? Well, I want you all to remember that before there's an understanding and awareness of some behaviors are being caused by this loss of brain function, often we're very annoyed and often resentful when we see our loved one not able to process and plus it, it frightens us. And so we see them not able to process and acting in a very different way. And so we want to immediately fix it. That's what we do in our relationships, right? But unfortunately, with any cause of dementia, if there is that loss, it's permanent and progressive loss. We can't fix it. We can't stop it. And we can't change it. So there's this period of time when we're coming to learn to accept this loss and to accept that our lives are going to be very different, that it's not no longer normal in our relationship. And in that time, we stumble because we are feeling, um, like I said, resentful and annoyed. So we might have in the past, early in that dementia journey, we might have done some things that we wouldn't necessarily have done had we been aware. We might have um, snapped or been annoyed or like I said, been resentful. And now that you're becoming dementia aware and you realize that it's something that they can't help, that they can't stop themselves, then you feel guilty about that. So I want you to, to know you're doing the best you can in the moment. And um, there are medical reasons for their behavior, but you didn't realize that at the time because you weren't dementia aware. So now that you are, you can't change those things that you did, but you can change the way you are going forward, the way that you are learning your strategies and care approaches that help both of you have some more moments of relief and meaning. Yeah, I've I've seen clients that were um, or you've seen people that uh, were very negative towards an elderly person. You know, mom, I already told you that three times already, you know, kind of thing. And um, and so in a lot of times it happens uh, before they're aware that there's something really wrong. You right. know, so you have that that looks like kind of like conflict of, you know, I'm tired of telling you over and over again, you know, kind of thing. Like you would tell your child, I'm not going to tell you this again, you know, just listen to me. And um, so it's always, you know, definitely always interesting. And um, and so let's talk about those caregivers that um, that maybe have, you know, negative feelings or they just don't like the position that they're in now because yeah, none of us none of us and and kim you know this um that none of us want to be in this position but yeah. <laughs> he wants to be caring for a loved one who has a devastating diagnosis such as alzheimer's or showing any dementia symptoms from any cause and you do care very much about your loved one and 
Um, but it doesn't mean that you will, won't have moments where you might not like them very much, especially it's like with children. You know, we have we might have as parents, we might have um, some behaviors from our children that we don't like. But that doesn't mean that we don't love our child. We just don't like how they're behaving in the moment. And the thing about being a parent is often you can stop, fix, or change it with your parenting with a child. You can teach them a different way to behave. But the unfortunate part about being a dementia care caregiver is you can't change the way that that older adult is behaving because you can't change the cause, Yeah. right? So we have to accept them and work through these behaviors and learn to manage them and um, share, and it's so important that you share your feelings with a trusted confidant outside of that relationship. That's, that's exactly why I offer consultations with families so that they can talk about, I can relate to these feelings that are very, very human. It's okay to feel these feelings. You have a right to your feelings, just like your loved one has a right to theirs. And uh, it's a, uh... I think it's a process that just seems to, um, it's a, almost kind of like a roller coaster ride. <laughs> you think you got it, something else goes. Now they're like back to square one thinking, okay, I'm, I'm not doing this well. <laughs> and so, um, you know, so I, I see it more as in, with a lot of our clients' families, you know, more of a roller coaster ride, you know, sometimes until it gets more towards the very end. And so how do you talk to those caregivers that are, um, angry and irritated and they lose their temper, um, you know, with a family member that's got that dementia diagnosis. You know, Kim, I was just working with a lovely young man, a um, son, his mom, an adult son, his mom um, is showing rather advanced and she's young, um, rather advanced symptoms of dementia. And he said that he feels so guilty that he loses his temper with her. So we talked a lot about that because he's frustrated. He's exhausted. So first of all, I gave him some strategies to help him keep these situations from happening. For example, she was picking up his things and moving them or hiding them or throwing them away. Because oh, no. she simply couldn't process having that in her, her space. It was just um, annoying to her. So she needed to move it. That's the only way she could process now. Instead of thinking this is his, she just was seeing it as an object of frustration for her. And so um, I simply said, of course, you're going to be annoyed with that. You're going to be frustrated. You're having to look for your things. But the best way to do that is manage that symptom because we're not going to stop, fix, or change the fact that she's going to do that. So just make sure if it's something that's of importance to you, you don't put it in her view. You don't put it where she can grab it and, and move it. Put it in your room. Put it on a higher shelf um, so that you're not having these feelings um, and then you won't have a reason to lose your temper, to become frustrated. When you're pushed to the limit with these dementia symptoms that keep flaring up, it is natural for you to flare up as well. So 
manage that and then you won't have these feelings as much. Um, it's just developing strategies to prevent you from having these, these frustrated feelings. And forgive yourself. It, this is the hardest job you probably will ever do. So take the time to think about what is annoying you, how you can prevent this from happening, um, manage it, and um, also find some activities that are more beneficial for both of you if you're feeling this is going to happen around dinner time, you know, find those activities that are going to make you both feel good, positive action. Yeah. Sometimes uh, we tell clients it's like um, retraining toddlers. You know, you have to put things out of the way. They can't get to it. Um, you know, redirect, you know, when they're doing things you don't want them to do, um, you know, and because if it's, if you can talk to them in something that most people can understand because they've had kids and they've gone through the, you know, the stage, um, I think it makes it easier sometimes for, for people to kind of process the changes that they have to make if you can equate it to something that they understand. And so. Yeah. And um, remember that they have a broken thinker. So anytime you make them think, both of you are going to not be successful. The yeah. more you think for them and fill in that gap, that loss of brain function, the more relief you will experience. So it's more than even just retraining them because we can't. It's making sure you're doing that for them. You're thinking for them. And um, that, that will take care of those more difficult times. But you have to be kind of proactive and learn different ways to do that. That's part of becoming dementia aware. My whole training program, Kim, is learning to think for them. Yeah. Yeah. Never ask a question that you need an answer to. <laughs> right. Right. And uh, most definitely. So what about the ones that that want time for themselves, but they're not sure how to get it? You know exactly what you said at the very beginning of the show. It is so important that they, that the caregiver learns to carve out time for themselves. Often when I'm doing a training and I have, when, when I had the opportunity to have a room full of, of caregivers, but now I do it online. So I have a screen full of caregivers. I often ask them, are you taking carving out time for yourself? And often I hear, no, they are not. I even had, when I did a training years ago, I had a couple that came in and I really don't, um, I really have a difficult time when a caregiver brings their loved one with dementia to a training because it's just too much information for them and it gets them upset. But this particular couple, lovely couple, they walked in. I could tell that he was her caregiver. I could see um, very advanced signs of dementia symptoms in her. Her sweater was kind of buttoned up, kind of uneven, and, and um, she was shuffling along and she looked quite frightened. They sat in the very front and at the beginning of trainings, I often say, who is the most important person in this relationship, caregiver and loved one who has dementia symptoms? And often there's silence in the room because caregivers have a very hard time recognizing how important they are and how they, how they need to take care of themselves. But this lovely lady, she looked like she wasn't even listening. But when I asked that question, they were sitting in the front row. She pointed at him and said, he is. 
<laughs> Even in her advanced state of dementia, she recognized how important he was. And I then I asked those caregivers, do you take time for yourself? Do you take 30 minutes a day at least as a minimum to do something you love to do? And many of them are not doing that. Are you taking 30 minutes a day to take a bubble bath? Are you taking 30 minutes a day to read a book and just escape? Are you taking a walk? Are you exercising? Are you taking time to meditate or relax or recharge your batteries as effectively as you can because caregiving and the guilt that comes with it will drain your energy. And, you know, the, the statistics are shocking, Kim. 68% of the time that caregiver, especially if it's the same age spouse, 68% of the time they will get sick and pass away first. Even yeah. though dementia is so devastating to that individual with the dementia symptoms, it is so stressful for caregivers. So the only way that they can make it across the finish line is to ask for help. Yes. Is to um, take time and care for themselves, mm -hmm. recharge their battery, take care of themselves with regular breaks. It, you, you don't need to feel guilty about it. It's absolutely essential. Yeah. Sometimes it's a matter of um, uh, because they do feel guilty. I have a lot of care. They feel so guilty. You tell them, what are you doing for fun? They're like, what? I don't have time for fun. I'm like, yes, you've got to make time for fun. You know, I've got lots of people that I can give you a list of people. I can come in and help for a few hours and you go do what you sh did before this occurred. You know, so if you belong to a club or, you know, if you just want to go shopping or walking or just, for the most part, I, a lot of my caregivers don't sleep enough. They don't get good sleep, you know, so that, you know, that for me is, I, I know from personal experience, you know, in my family, how bad that was for not getting good sleep, not taking care of yourself, you know. And so for me, it's stressing that all the time with caregivers. You've got to take care of yourself, you yes. know, because it's just too important, you know, so most definitely. And then they feel guilty when they're having fun. They do. <laughs> you know, um, it sneaks in and over time that guilt can, can really, it, it can cause mental health issues as well. You know, they, they feel guilty if they leave the house because they can't bring their loved one with them. They can't have that relationship like they used to. And they feel guilty because they can't accomplish it all. But nobody can. You yeah. have to build your village. You have to ask for help like you are suggesting, Kim. It's okay to ask for help. I had a wonderful son caring for his mom. She was really an energy drainer. She just took his time all the time. And he was not sleeping because she was up all night. Yeah. And we simply hired an in-home caregiver to come at night to be with her as she was awake and he would go in his room lock the door we did we told him not to let his mom know that he was even there the caregiver would say oh he's at work so that he could sleep at night but he hired her um this wonderful dementia aware caregiver to come and just be there so he could sleep yeah. it is so difficult for us to understand how important that is yeah. Not getting good sleep is very detrimental to your body, you know, so it's hugely detrimental. So it's always so important to do that. And so 
And um, so, Laura, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show again and, um, and really stressing the points for caregivers because we want them to take care of themselves um, yes. so much. And, um, and it looks like uh, the website is the laurawayman.com, correct? That's it. And they can call you at the 916-792-7512. Yes, they can. Anytime I am here to help and you are important caregivers. You are so important. I love, love spending time with you. You are my heroes. Yeah, mine too. I can appreciate that immensely. And so, all right, Laura, take care and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Life Happens with Kim Hegwood. Be sure to tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. wherever you listen to your podcast as we navigate through the challenges that emerge as life happens. The content of this podcast does not establish an attorney-client relationship or constitute attorney-client privilege, legal, medical, financial, or any other professional advice.